I'm not a pirate. So happens, I am a lawyer. Kill the lawyer! Kill the lawyer! I'm not that kind of lawyer. <laughs> is a 1991 American fantasy adventure snooze fest directed by Steven Spielberg and starring Robin Williams as Peter Pan slash Peter Banning, Dustin Hoffman chewing the scenery as Captain Hook, Julia Roberts as Tinkerbell having a nervous breakdown, Bob Hoskins as Smee, and younger Maggie Smith playing older Granny Wendy. I'm your host, Neil T. in Merry Old England, and joining me on today's Dime for Skull Movie Club podcast are my regular co-host, Todd Brisket in Austin, Texas. He's Peter Pan, or I've got a dead man's dinghy. (laughs) (laughs) And today's guests are Jovial John in Virginia. To live would be an awfully big adventure. (laughs) And Stephen Greenwell in Rhode Island. It's a very violent sport, isn't it? Baseball. I drank poison for you. You called me Tink. (laughs) 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 Now, John, I I understand that your little your little elfin wife is a big fan of Hook. Are you also a big fan of Hook? I was a huge fan of it growing up. I I think my brother was more so. So I I want to say we had to have watched this dozens of times when we were little. I didn't like it. I don't think I liked it nearly as much as I did then. It it holds up all right, but not quite as well as I would have thought it would. Is, is your brother younger or older than you? My brother's four years younger than me. Right, so that perhaps that's why he was more of a fan than you. I never watched this when I was a, a kid, but I think mm. that if I w- were to have watched it, it would it would have blown my fucking mind. Blown the fucking man. All those lost boys, they live in like like a skateboard park and they're just hanging around playing all day. That's that's awesome. It's like it's like uh, Lord of the Flies, except without the vo- all the violence, isn't it? Yeah. They have their own concocted body armor. I mean, that's good shit. Yeah, that was amazing. That was cool actually walking into that. I wonder how many t- takes that uh, that took to uh, walk into the body armor there. I mean, Iron Man does that. <laughs> yeah, Iron Man copied that. Tinkerbell seemed so lovable when I was watching it as a kid, and now borderline creepy. Yeah, she just she just wants that. She just wants Peter Pan's Peter. That's all she wants. She wants that yeah. D, right? Why S R T B? She wants that D. Yeah, I I did not see that as creepy at all when I was a little kid, but watching it back now, I'm like, ugh. Yeah, that's a little weird. <laughs> she's she's psychotic in this movie. She's, yeah. Like breaking down and and I don't know, like mutilating herself, becoming a woman. And... <laughs> you're saying she's a cutter? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there, there's, there's quite a bit of weird sexual stuff in this movie between Tinkerbell, Tinkerbell, flat out coming out and saying that she wants to love Peter Pan, and also, uh, what about the mermaid scene in the middle of the movie? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. where he's he's making out with some mermaids on under the water, and th- these aren't like cartoonish mermaids. These these are sexy mermaids. They were hot mermaids, and he was really into it, wasn't he? Actually, going back yeah. to uh, going back to um, Tinkerbell, um, Steven Spielberg had a, a a difficult time making this movie because it went over budget and went over schedule, and he and he kind of blames himself for that, but also. He said it found, he found it very difficult to work with Julia Roberts because she was, suff- quote, suffering from a mental disorder after a breakup with Dylan McDermott. And she didn't do any work whatsoever after Hook um, for two years. And then she married Lyle Lovett. So I think, I think Tinkerbell, the character, it seems to be reflecting uh, Julia Roberts or vice versa in, the, in that nutty department. Right. Huh. Yeah, yeah I, d- I didn't know that, but mm. this is... This is definitely Julia Roberts during her hotter period. I mean, I don't like the I don't really? like the short hair, but it was, you know, 
before she kind of started going downhill, I think. No, mm. I've I've gone on record before as not liking the Skeletor albinos or whatever, but mm. I, I'm still not really a fan of Julie Roberts Roberts, even if this if this is the best she's looked really, then yeah, I uh, agree. I'm gonna put her in the no category. Well, she's like Oof. with along with Angelina Jolie. I mean, yes, this is the best she's gonna look, but you know, if you like the fish lips, that's fine. I'm not, not into that. Yeah. I, I will say, I did, I did admire. She had very uh, smooth and soft skin. <laughs> but other than that, <laughs> you sound like bloody. That... You sound like Buffalo Bill when you say that. <laughs> Yeah. Dude, say that again. skin. <laughs> it puts the lotion in the basket. Puts the lotion in the basket. <laughs> um, I think I didn't really like Julia mainly because I don't think she's a good actress. I mm. she is terrible in this movie. Mm. Like she I, was I the think- worst actress in this. She was the worst actor in this movie, including the little kids that aren't actors. Mm, yeah. Mm, I don't know. I think she played I, nutty pretty well because Tinkerbell is nuts, but that, maybe, maybe she wasn't playing. She's playing herself. Playing, playing, yeah, playing. She, playing to she's character. playing herself, playing a bad actress, playing a Tinkerbell in a movie. <laughs> All right, calm down. Jesus. <laughs> All right, go. Bloody Julia Roberts. Jesus. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I know he's pulling pulling a retarded Pete Sampras on a oh, yeah. Julia Roberts episode. Sorry, Julia, I did say you had nice skin. <laughs> no comment on the hoots or the toots or the poots. Who had who had some hoots and toots? There were no hoots or toots or poots in this movie, really, really were there? <laughs> well, uh, besides the uh, the mermaid. Oh, the mermaid has uh, the hoots. Well, yeah. yeah, they're wearing seashells though. Mm. They, have, they have barnacles all over them, all over their body. Mm. So and, and also, I, I I did just look up the mermaids right now. Uh, two of them have done nothing since Hook, <laughs> really. And the third one is, it, it looks like she was kind of on some reality stuff, that kind of deal. Mrs. Was, um, yeah. Mrs. Peter Pan hasn't done much either. I, think, I mean, she pretty much did, did Hook as in terms of movies or TV, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Never seen her before or since. Moira. Moira, we we might we'll probably get into this, but the little the little girl essentially only did one other thing after this. Her name's Amber Scott, but she is she grew up. She looks great now. She I looks, saw that man. I saw I looks, saw her IMDb. Yeah. You can't go she, perving on little girls, SG. That's not right. No, she has she has her. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not <laughs> well, a picture. Of, it's not a picture of her as a little child doctored to look adult. I mean, she's put she put some good photos up on IMDb. Yeah. Mm. She wants to be a star. Her I and guess. I are the uh, same age now. Oh, really? It's okay. okay yeah, she's thirty. Mm. So back in the day, it was it was it was perfectly natural and healthy for Stephen to lust after her when he was watching the movie. Yeah, when she was li- like ten. <laughs> when, when she was. <laughs> Yeah, when she was seven, and so was I. <laughs> okay, we, we uh, were, yeah, go on. We were raised in the River Phoenix household. Mm. Well, it's, since I brought her up, I, I do think Maggie was the better of the child actresses. Because I, I actually felt like she was a kid. Whereas the other guy was clearly, I don't know, I, I felt like he was, I have no idea what his film credits are, but I felt he was too much of a are, are little, you talking about little kid actor. Yeah, Jack. Uh, He's got some credits. Yeah, he, he had that. He had that uh, syndrome where, like, all child actors in the eighties, nineties, that they had, where they they're all like sickly and weird looking and strangely adult. Uh, yes, he's I agree. he's he's slightly affected. But I thought he was quite a decent actor. The th- thing about the 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 girl in it, although you obviously got the hots for her as a seven year old when you were seven, uh, SG, is she didn't really have anything to do in it. Whereas Jack, the character Jack. The kid had tons to do, didn't he? Yeah, but it's you know I ultimately didn't find his his heel turn all that convincing. Um, like I I I don't know I this this guy with a hook convinces you to go against your father who you don't like, but you know convinces you to be a surrogate son after you know a day a day where he's kidnapped you. So where's I, Ma- I thought he roofied that kid. He was like glazed over eyes whenever he was next to him, next to Hook. Probably in the director's cut of this movie, considering how many other weird things are going on in it. I've just realized where I've seen that kid before. He was in uh, What About Bob? He's very good in that, actually. 
and he plays the the kid of um, Richard Dreyfus. He's really good. Actually, the kid. So the kid who plays uh, shit. What's his name? Jackie. Jackie. The kid who plays Jackie is uh, Charlie Cosmo, and he's he became a lawyer. He left the acting profession. He became a lawyer, but also he was some kind of child prodigy genius, and he got all these sort of um, scholarships and what have you. And uh, uh, well, he's now a professor. He's a professor of law at some case, case Western. Um, yeah, he's a proper proper genius. Here we go. In 2011, President Obama appointed Cosmo to the Board of Trustees of the Barry Goldwater Scholarship and blah, 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 blah. He was a BS in physics. So he, he got a BS in physics, then became a lawyer and blah, blah, blah. So he's a bit of a, bit of a smart kid, but uh, gave up the acting. I, I think that's probably for the best. Mm. Mm. He, doesn't um, really and, have oh. a, he doesn't really have the face for acting if you look at any recent pictures. Mm. He looks a little bit like um, Richard Hammond off of Top Gear. Sort of. An ugly Richard Hammond. The hamster. Anyway, back to SG. <laughs> um, now, now, this movie is, is so wonderfully 90s, though. Between, like, the very first scene, I believe, has Robin Williams talking on that cell phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huge cell and, phone. Oh, God. I, I was shocked when the cell... I didn't even remember that part, that there was a cell phone in this movie. Because I just assumed, no, oh, it's early 90s. Why would there be a cell phone in this movie? And then he, he pulls it out. And then yeah. also a, a scene or two later that he has the cell phone duel when he's the trying to. cell phone to... duel, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's like the, the, the only two guys in the office, they're like cell phone brothers. <laughs> well, that's how you can tell they're high rollers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, and also just, just when, when people are watching this as they listen to our podcast, they need to look at the woman in the baggy green dress in yeah. the cell phone duel because it is fantastic. Now that is a dress. They don't they don't, they oh, don't right. have women dressed like that anymore. Julia Roberts had worn a dress like that. Todd would be all over. I thought you were gonna talk about sure. talk about the, the cameo with Glenn Close playing one of the pirates. Did you see that? I didn't. Was she next to Phil Collins? Well, I th- <laughs> fucking Phil Collins. I went, as soon as he popped up, I was like, oh, what the fuck? Phil Collins? What the fuck's he doing in this? But no, I, I noticed at the time there was something weird about one of the pirates. And only afterwards I did, I re- did I read up that um, it was Glenn Close was doing a cameo. But if you look if you look at it um, after the fact, you can see it's a woman. Because it's like, why is that now, something weird yeah, about was, that pirate? Was she, dressed up, was she dressed up as a man? Yeah, I think it was the scene wow. where I think it was the scene she does, where she does have a, a bit of a bit of man dress, so it'd be <laughs> difficult to uh, tell. But the, it's the skin; t- it's the skin, like you know, the soft skin, like you're saying about the other other one. But um, about Julie Roberts. But um, I think it's the scene where Hook is accusing people of being traitors. Do you remember that one? And uh, and Peter Pan thinks it's going to be him, and he points to somebody else. Well, behind Peter yeah. Pan is uh, is uh, I think Glenn Close or somebody. Yeah, I think it's Glenn Close. Oh. You're saying she didn't want to play one of the pirate whores, which they apparently <laughs> have. <laughs> because you really, this is a, there are like no female roles in this movie once you get to the, uh, you know, to Never Neverland, except for inexplicably there are pirate whores, and we mm. never see them again. Mm. Yeah, the, those prostitutes, yeah. Yeah, we're talking about uh, J- uh, Jack a minute ago, but what I did notice is that uh, quite a lot of the movie, Robin Williams is frantically trying to find Jack, but doesn't really bother trying to find his daughter, does he? I noticed that as well. And then you know the uh, you know spoiler spoiler alert, the resolution of the movie where he uh, he thinks that the only thing he cares about is his son, mm. and he doesn't care anything about his daughter. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, yeah, well, as, as you mentioned, she kind of gets banished to the cornfield at some point in the movie, and it in you know they have the classroom scene where she gets the F, and I think that's implied, you know, oh, we're not going to be able to turn her. She <laughs> she cares too much, um, as opposed to Jack. But then we don't see her again till the end. Like I said, there's kind of tone problems throughout this movie. Between <laughs> we have the weird seduction scene between Tinkerbell and Peter Pan. Mm. Um, and we also, when Peter Pan first goes back to Neverland, um, it's oddly terrifying and heart wrenching seeing, seeing him essentially emasculated in front of his children, like, yeah, trying, trying to reach them. And while, while that scene's going on, I'm like, this is a movie for children. This is, this movie is rated PG. Yeah. Going back to that, that scene where uh, Tinkerbell's trying to seduce 
Peter Pan. I think this is this is the same thing I'm seeing. I'm thinking of, but I was watching. This is the first time I've seen a movie, so I was watching it going, "Oh, look, there's Julie Roberts," and uh, it's like, "Oh, Tinker Roberts is jealous." I was thinking, "Well, how, how's that going to work?" He, she's six foot tall, and then she, oh, and this is me sort of watching it in real time and making this note. Oh, look, she's now full size. Here we go. Hello, currently, hello, recently jilted Julie Roberts. She's going to have a go on uh, Robin Williams now. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a bit odd. But then the shoe goes full size, doesn't she? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, she made a wish or something. Mm. So she could bang Peter Pan. She should have wished for some bigger hoots, man. <laughs> You're obsessed. You're obsessed with the hoots, CP. Mm. <laughs> no, I, I, will, I, will not, I will not cross the TV bridge and say that Julia Roberts is ugly. She, I, I find her to be a, a good-looking lady. So. Mm. She looks all right in this. Mm. I think TB just doesn't like ladies. Mm. Between not liking Julia Roberts, not liking Dunst. How <laughs> how dare you, man? <laughs> and I don't. I'm not saying they're ugly. I'm saying I'm saying they don't look good. <laughs> he likes the fuller figure lady, and by that I mean the big mumsy types, you know, with huge boobs and big fat bums and massive Mrs. hips. Garrett, child bearing hips. Yeah, yeah. I like the ones that can support a child. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The ones that won't die from anorexia during childbirth. <laughs> so harsh. <laughs> Anyways, well, and also let's let's just talk a little bit about Jack's baseball prowess. He is he is not good at baseball. He shouldn't. Well, d- during the little league scene, one of the runners isn't wearing a helmet, which is weird. It's it's just a little attention to detail. Uh, mm-hmm. do, do they? Not wear helmet? Were they not compulsory back then? No, you, runners do wear helmets. They're, you're, yeah. you're supposed to since like the seventies. I think it's been a rule. Yeah. Okay. It also that it would be one thing if the batter didn't have a helmet, and but no, the runner didn't have a helmet either. Mm. So maybe their their team is so shitty that they only had one helmet and they had to pass it around to the batter. If I listen, I don't think Robin Williams is living in you know Hawaiian Gardens. Oh yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. And I, what I didn't get also about the baseball stuff is when they were playing pirate baseball and um, Jackie suddenly hits a massive home. He knocks it out of their little uh, sh- shitty shanty town. He knocks it at, off the planet, doesn't he? Off the planet? Off, off of Neverland. He, he's ter- a terrible... And he swings <laughs> it with like a broomstick. They're playing with broomsticks. How does he... How did that happen? Did he... You know, snort some pixie dust before that swing or something. I <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say fairy dust, obviously. Yeah, I, I'm just assuming that on because he's on Never Neverland, it's you know because he wants to do it, he can do it, kind of like how Peter Pan can fly if he wants to. Mm. But it's you know he had quite the horrible swing at the pitch before that from Smee. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. also, I don't I don't think they were following the rules that that much smee did not seem to be on the rubber when he threw that pitch no he did he did a, a, a bowling run up mm-hmm. oh yeah he was horrible because he was like winding up i mean we don't have baseball here you know bolkoskins doesn't know he was sort of half winding up and then he decides oh i'm not gonna bother now do you know what i mean he doesn't wind up and actually throw it he winds up then stops then throws it doesn't he yeah i think that might have been part of the joke though Nah, it's just bob hoskins not knowing how to, how to throw a ball i think mm. Is he one of those limeys? Is Bob Hoskins a limey? Of course he is, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Rest I only in, know him from uh, Roger Rabbit. Rest in peace, Bob Hoskins. He died quite recently. He's, he's really good in this movie. I, I liked him quite a bit. I thought he he wasn't as agree, over the yeah. top as, as yeah. uh, Dustin Hoffman, and I think he was better as a result. Oh, Dustin Hoffman is properly chewing the scenery. He was quite, quite annoying, actually. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think as, a, as Smee, he did a really good job doing Smee, don't you think? Oh, the, I, just, the, just the right level, yeah. Not too Definitely. over the top. Yeah, he he even reprised the role of Smee in some made-for-TV movie of Peter Pan a couple years ago. Oh, really? <laughs> I like that. What about Smee? Smee, Smee. <laughs> He's looking after Smee, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, that, and also, that I forgot to mention this earlier with the tone stuff. Robin, Robin Williams. He's so over the top, ridiculously evil, kind of. Well, not evil, but just just mean in the first thirty minutes of this movie. 
that is actually the yes that's the first note sorry sg interrupting you but that's the first note i made he's the total cliche bad dad isn't he Mm -hmm. yeah like to the point where i even as a kid i didn't really think that was all that believable Mm, um just how how cruel he how cruel he was to his children um you know missing the big game or missing the play is the cliche and he manages to do both doesn't he yeah he does that and he he, he's also screaming at them to shut up like yeah but that's sort of a turning point in the movie which is that does make sense doesn't it from a story point of view it's like that's the point that's the point where his wife says right enough is enough isn't it Mm -hmm. but how, how would you react if your child asked you if you wanted to get sucked out all the time you're afraid you're gonna get sucked out I'm not afraid of being sucked out. Yes, you are. You're afraid you're going to be sucked out. <laughs> I, I noticed that as well. That's a really weird one. <laughs> so I don't mind. I, I have a problem being sucked out. I have no problem being sucked off. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is kind of weird that Wendy was pretty willing to whore out her daughter to uh, Peter oh, Pan. Oh yeah, I I noticed oh, yeah, that as yeah, well. Yeah. Oh man. She she just like gave him the free ticket to go start. She gave she gave Peter the ticket to go start. Yeah, you know, go over there and start. Go over there and bang my go, granddaughter. Yeah, and and like because what was stand, weird as long as I can as long as Wendy <laughs> Darling can stand in the corner and watch. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. What was weird is like that it was they were kind of indeterminate ages, so you don't know how old Peter Pan is. You don't know how how old how old uh, Wendy's granddaughter is, and then he would have had some kind of relationship with Wendy in the in you know because this is a sequel to Peter Pan, where it's Peter Pan and Wendy. It's very weird. Totally pimping around. Yeah, that could that could be he could be related to that girl. We don't know. Now, on that topic, um, I, I wanted to look up the ages because Maggie Smith is playing an older woman in yes. old age makeup. That, now, real Maggie quick, that, Smith, that's what I noticed. Yeah, when, when she first came on screen, I was like, holy hell, is Maggie Smith right now must be like 150 years old because she looks old as, old as crap in this movie. Well, actually, that's then sort I of a, read uh, up later that that it was makeup. Yeah, it's old age makeup. It fooled now, me. It fooled me good. Yeah, it's that good that she looks now like she does in the movie. So that's right. actually quite good old age makeup. Um, and I looked up the ages. Um, Maggie Smith was seventeen years older than Robin Williams in when they did this movie, and she was twenty five years older than Caroline Goodall, who plays her granddaughter. So you know, obviously, they get away with that because they use the old age makeup. So right. Yeah. Anyway, back to uh, SG. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems weird. With, with all that in mind, why go through the trouble of getting Maggie Smith and aging her up instead of just casting an old actress? Because Maggie Smith's a great actress, that's why. Yeah, that's true. She, she is great. She steals the show, doesn't she? But there are literally hundreds of great old actresses who can't find work just because they're old. <laughs> I mean, we're, okay. we're focusing on Robin Williams, but we also lost another legend mm. this the recently and that that woman's name is lauren mccall uh-huh uh i think you're accusing was, steven okay, spielberg yeah. of being ageist but i'm not sure that's right, necessarily yeah. valid valid really she had to to be fair sg she had to play young as well although you only saw her in profile oh yeah there's a flashback uh, in, in like in like a 10 second scene yeah mm. oh you mean you mean when they do the when they do the progression through the ages with her yeah that's right yeah peter Peter, I'm going through menopause now. I'm really fucking old. My pussy's all shriveled up. <laughs> I got osteoporosis in my bones. I can't. You can't rumble my jumblies anymore. Peter, Peter, I've crapped myself. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, be a dear and change my diaper. <laughs> Peter, 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 I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> oh, Peter, I can take my teeth out now. <laughs> Okay, back to uh, SG, who's uh, clearly fonder of the... Okay, we, what we've figured out so far is that um, TB's fonder of the larger ladies with the with the big ample busts and big fat, fat behinds, and, <laughs> yeah. and Stephen's into the really old ladies, into the gilfs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> this Listen. podcast has taken a strange direction. <laughs> Listen, you, you guys were... You guys just spent 30 seconds simulating <laughs> teethless oral sex. <laughs> That was, par- was parody. That wasn't love. That wasn't. That wasn't a sign of affection. No that simulation. was parody. 
<laughs> I don't think I'm the one with the problem here. The second half of this movie I is way better than the first half to me. So uh, Really? Uh, no. I read something that, that Spielberg says. Spielberg himself has said the first part of the movie before they get to Neverland is the best part. Yeah, I agree. I think it. And well, then I think he has what abandoned it, any ownership of Neverland scenes. I think overall it's what? crap. I think it's overall it's crap. The problem is that um, I think it sets itself up to be a better movie than it is because those opening scenes are pretty good. Um, anyway, we'll come on to that later. Uh, yeah. What? Why? Why would you like the first half of the movie better? Because it's because it's a great setup. It, it's a setup for. Uh, yeah, it's nicely done. All that, all that stuff in the in the um, when uh, he's browbeating his children. Yeah, well, okay, there's not a lot of that, but also the bits where they <laughs> where they go to uh, Grandma Wendy's house and they're also setting up the whole premise of of uh, Robin Williams being actually really being Peter Pan, all that stuff, and he doesn't realise it. It's kind of nice, and then the payoff is they end up in a studio in Culver City, and it looks ridiculous, like a crappy movie set. That's the problem, isn't it? I think production design is a major problem in the second half. It just looks mm-hmm. ridiculous. This well, definitely nice would problems. have been a much a much better movie made in modern times because I think all of the sets and everything would be so much better. All the effects would be better. Yeah, you could do some nice set extensions, couldn't you? Because it feels kind of um, claustrophobic and cramp- cramped. Because even though they had big sets, you could you know once you stuck a pirate ship in there, there's not much room to move move around. Whereas nowadays you'd have green screen behind there and you'd have a set extension to make the whole thing look look a lot bigger, wouldn't you? Right. Yeah. yeah. Sp- yeah. Speaking of a a movie set in modern times, I don't know if you. You've heard the Nerdist episode with Max Landis, but he he actually goes through a treatment he wants to do for an update on Hook slash Peter Pan. That's that's fascinating. I I highly recommend it. Mm, so interesting. I think this whole movie is the paranoid delusion of a a jet lagged, overworked alcoholic. I had the same thought that he could he could wake up and it would all have been a dream. Although it does it ever get resolved at the end with a Oh no! They, they go back to his. They go back to the grandma Wendy's house, don't they? So it does get resolved do. at the end. And yeah. he he throws the Brad's phone call out out the window, saying, "Screw you, mm. man! Yeah. I don't need money. Me and my me and my family are going to go live in a refrigerator box." <laughs> <laughs> well, he is he is a lawyer. I living in California, I believe. I it seems like he's doing okay. Yeah, that's what I don't get about some of these movies where the dad is so bad because he has to go to work. What? I mean. <laughs> Would you prefer the dad to not work? Uh, he has a job. He has to, his job to, to, to make all the money requires him to be available on the phone. That's his job. It's the work-life balance, isn't it, where he can never, never switch it off. That's the thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So you're saying he's a su- successful lawyer in California. You're saying he's back, sec, aren't you? I, yes. I, don't think either, I don't think any of us can confirm or deny that. Um, and all, I will say, all of these movies get that backwards, where they act as if the guy at the top of the food chain, he's the one getting interrupted on his vacations. It's like, no, that's not how life works. You right. Like, if if you have grunt work two days before Christmas, that's when you call the intern. It's not... Exactly, it's not yeah. When, yeah, it's not when you call in the general or that, the head of the company. When he was walking through his office, he had like 15 assistants following him around. He could delegate any any work that comes mm, along. Well, I think I think he, if you follow the plot, which you shouldn't do really, but if you follow it very closely, the the reason he was taking calls was because of a big deal. So he was a decision maker in that big deal, and that's the reason why he was getting the calls and and why he had to. He sort of you know he saw that as the most important thing he had to do rather than uh, look you know, spend time with his family. It was to close this big deal, wasn't it? I guess. I think because of all the bonkers movies I've seen throughout my years. That the scene where um, I've been disturbed so much that the scene when Rufio uh, confronts uh, Robin Williams, kneels down before him, and then pulls out his sword. I thought he was just about to do some uh, some Harry Carey. Some yeah, me there. too. Yeah, I thought that too. Uh, but it, it didn't, didn't make sense in the context of it being a kids movie. So it yeah, that, really I mean, that's, that he that's didn't, wasn't. true. Mm. That part was just bad acting. Yeah. I got so lost in the movie that that that's what I expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had no idea goes, what I was watching. He kind of goes out like a bitch. <laughs> he does, man. He's a. Uh, they kind of gloss over this, but the Lost Boys actually kill the pirates. They kill pirates. 
and the pirates yeah. kill children. Like, there's murder going on mm. in this movie. Yeah, Rico in, dies, in the background yeah. of this movie, there's just mm. murder after murder of of child on on, on adult violence. Do they kill the pirates, or violence. do they just sort of incapacitate them? Though, no, they they no. Robin himself stabbed like six dudes in the chest. But he's not a kid, though. Well, he's he has a childlike mind at that point in the movie. Rufio slashes through a uh, a pirate on his way to hook. Mm, okay, because like when they when they um, when Rufio gets run through, I thought it was the old under the arm trick, you know, when you get a sword under the arm, or, or he just got his flesh wound. But obviously, he did actually die, didn't he? I, I know. I kept I kept waiting for them to revive him or do something, but mm. no. Ru- at the end of this movie, uh, Captain Hook is dead, which we're, <laughs> you know we're okay with that, and Rufio's dead, and that's it. <laughs> Every, everyone else is okay. Mm. Poor Rufio. <laughs> Boil dripping, beef fart sniffing, <laughs> bubble butt. You are a fart factory. Slug slime, sack of rat guts and cat vomit. Cheesy scab picked pimple squeezing finger bandage. A week old maggot burger with everything on it and flies on the side. Now, TB, you wouldn't consider bubble butt to be an insult, would you? Well, if you're, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what. Do you okay? Do you not know what a bubble butt is? <laughs> yes, I do. I'm saying I. Are, are we doing callbacks now to uh, Julie Roberts because she? <laughs> when I say I don't like anorexic chicks, that means I like uh, you know women that weigh a normal amount. Yeah, so I'm saying you like the bubble butts. Okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> He's using it as an insult anyway. Um, okay, there's a few things I liked about this movie. Very few, but. Um, I like the foreshadowing at the beginning with the hook on the window. Did you see that? When he's closing, when Robin Windows... Clo- Robin yeah, the Wind- window latches. Window. I like those windows latches. And also he strikes the uh, hero pose. He closes that window and he strikes the yeah. hero pose, which is a nice little foreshadowing of... Uh, he did He Peter did the, the hero pose whenever um, Windu mm. was flipping through the book and opened onto that page. Quite like that. But apart from that, uh, the novel <laughs> I liked about this movie is so bloody long. I could not believe how long it was. It's so self-indulgent. And um, the problem is that, you know, Spielberg does a lot of long movies, which is fine when they're good, but this just felt really, it really, really dragged. Um, two, two hours, 24 minutes. Too long. I mean, for a kid's movie, there's not enough plot in it to be to, uh, that long. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, th- I thought it, and Spielberg's actually confirmed this, that like a lot of his movies, this is just about him. In that he had a bad dad growing up, and uh, this, you know, like E.T. is about a, 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 an absent father, and this is about a, an absent father, and that's just about him, really. So he's just working through his neuroses in, in movies. Um, it sort of reminded me kind of like E.T. meets Annie meets Goonies with Robin Williams in green tights, or I guess you call it green hose. Um, it's very Goonies with, the, uh, with all the kids, isn't it, in, the, uh, in Neverland? Goonies was a better film than this. Goonies definitely a better agree film about that, right? And I think okay. I'm sure I think Spielberg was a producer on Goonies because he's a producer on most of those most of those big uh, big hits like that, isn't he? Well, it's it's part of his. Uh, it's uh, I I read a book. I, I I can't remember which one it was now, but yeah, it's part of his scam. He'll he'll lend his name to movies that he thinks are going to be good, um, even if he has pretty much no involvement with them. I don't think he had any involvement really with Goonies. Um, mm, yeah, um, and then he'll just take a couple points off the top. Just, yeah, just a little taste. Let him wet his beak. So I, I this is the first time I've seen this movie, and I, you know, about after about thirty minutes, I kind of had enough. It was just so twee. Uh, and about twenty minutes after that, I was just like, okay, this I've, I've kind of given up now. This is rubbish. Um, and I think it was, it was in Neverland is a big problem in that it's, it looks ridiculous and everyone's overacting and chewing the scenery and uh, it was just so unconvincing. Um, it just feels so. It just feels so slow. Uh, and you know, kid, the reason that kids love this film is because you know, not to put too fine a point on it, their brains aren't fully developed. They're stupid. <laughs> That's why the kids love this movie. And if you're being honest about it, if you grow up, once you grow up and you revisit it, you, revisit it, you realize it's not that good. But, um, Esther, you'll probably enjoy this, but there are quite, it looks like there are quite a few um, IMDb reviewers who are, who are in denial about this movie. They're like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. It's a great movie. You know, they're like 20 years later, they still love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
No, it's it's definitely um, you know as as we've said and as we've talked a little bit about it on the board, it's definitely you know once if you see this as a kid, it gets locked in your mind as being oh this is a fun movie, but then you know it can be hard to shake that first impression. Mm. Like I I still think I still think the wizard is a good movie. Yeah, it's like if you go back and try and rewatch old TV series from your youth, uh, you're like, oh my god, what yeah. the hell is this? Yeah. This is awful. How the hell did I watch this? You know, mm-hmm. for me, it's things like A Team and, and Night Rider. It's like, oh Jesus, this is shit. <laughs> um, uh, okay, here's some random notes that I made while watching. Uh, when Robin Williams becomes Peter Pan, he actually looks older than his adult character. Yeah, I think it's all uh, the disheveled hair. He looks horrible. His makeup's right. really bad, I think, and he just he got a really like, lined face. He's about he was about forty when he did this, so he wasn't he wasn't super old. He just looked terrible. Uh, Bob Hoskins is five foot six, and Dustin Hoffman is five foot five. So they had to use some tricks. If you notice, like when they're standing on like the deck, uh, um, Dustin Hoffman is significantly taller than Smee. He has mm-hmm. to be, otherwise, how you know? Because Smee's supposed to be like, a little midget. So they had to do some kind of tricks with um, making them look, uh, making him look taller. And there are there are a couple of scenes where you see them both on the same level, and then at that, at that point, Dustin Hoffman's got these huge heels on. Uh, <laughs> to make him look a bit taller. But it didn't, doesn't quite work, really. Some people would say this is Spielberg's worst movie. But according to the Movie, Re- movie Review Query Index, which is basically a review aggregator, this is not his worst movie. Um, and if you look at the 10 worst movies for Spielberg, a lot of them are not bad movies. It's just that he doesn't make that many bad movies. So the in 10th place is Amistad, from 1997, which I've seen once mm. and I can't remember. Ninth worst, Tintin from 2011. I didn't like that at all. Mm. How about you guys? It was rubbish. I haven't seen it. I heard, I heard it was good, but I mm. haven't seen it myself. It's sort of you watch it and go, okay, I've seen it now. I don't need to, I don't need to see this again ever. Um, eighth worst, and bear in mind he hasn't made that many bad ones. Eighth worst, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. That's a controversial choice. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. Um... I don't think it's a bad film. I just think it's sort of not really a kid's film because it's so gory. Is that the more gory one? I think, is, isn't it? That is, that is the gory one. But I think mm. that that is overly um, downrated because they always compare them to the other two. And I mean, by itself, it's a good movie. Yeah. Seventh, seventh worst, The Terminal, 2004. That one where Tom Hanks sits in an airport, which I haven't seen, I don't think. Uh, sixth worst, The Lost World, Jurassic Park from 1997. That is kind of bad. I don't think it's that bad, though. Fifth worst, 1941. That is bad. I'm a, Yeah, I'm amazed that 1941 is ranked higher than the others so far. It's lower. Oh, you're going in the, the reverse order. Okay. Fifth worst, yeah. We're, 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 counting, we're counting down to worst. So fifth worst is worse than sixth worst. That 1941 has some defenders, like... Uh... My aunt really loves that movie. I I don't know why, but I I also concur with you, Neil. I've seen it and just could I can barely get through with it. It's great on paper because it's got John Belushi in a Spielberg movie, and it sounds fantastic, mm-hmm. but it's not very good. Uh, fourth worst, Hook, which I don't think anyone's going to dispute. Third worst, Always from nineteen eighty nine, which no one has seen, but I really like that film. I've seen that a couple of times. Anyone seen that? Uh, no, it's about pilots, heard. about pilots and ghosts, ghosties and things. It's quite good. Second worst. Twilight Zone, the movie from 1983. And his worst movie, according to the reviewers, Empire of the Sun from 1987, which I haven't seen. Hmm. Now, question. Is this an older list? Because I noticed you did not mention Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um, that's in a different list that I didn't use. And it, maybe they, they're they a bit like uh, Rotten Tomatoes, where in Rotten Tomatoes they don't actually list, it, list something if it doesn't have enough reviews. Um, but yeah, in another list that I looked at, which wasn't as comprehensive, which was the worst five, then uh, Crystal Skull was in that. But I, was that? I don't think it was directed by Spielberg, was it? So maybe they're not counting that. Was it directed well, by he, Spielberg? Well, he's, he's a producer. Well, at least on on IMDb, he's listed as the director. Um, although, although no, wait. Well, you mentioned Tintin. Tintin mm. came out three years after Crystal Skull, so it. I guess it just. <laughs> this person was a big fan of Crystal Skull, but not Temple of Doom. No, this is a animators. this is a meta score. This is a meta score. This mm. is basically an average. All the reviews and the way that MRQE works, it looks at every single review ever made. 
it's really really comprehensive so it's a meta score i don't know that's a bit of an anomaly maybe that's a mistake and they meant crystal skull instead of temple of doom who knows i don't know yeah um, but even even his li- even his 10 worst that would easily be a top 10 for someone else top 10 best yeah oh yeah that's the thing he hasn't really made that many bad movies so it's all relative isn't it okay mm-hmm. uh, a couple more quick notes uh Carrie Fisher wrote Tinkerbell's dialogue. What? Yep. <laughs> really? Yeah. Why? She's, un- she's uncredited. Well, she was hired to do it, and, and she's a writer. And it's like, yeah, I thought the same thing, but she is a writer. Uh, you know, she wrote things like uh, was it Postcards from the Edge? She's written a few novels and she's written movies. So, uh, yeah, this is yeah, this is not a feather in her cap. New. Um, well, and also, I I forgot to mention this when I was talking. IMDb says the other person considered for tinkerbell was rebecca de mornay um, <laughs> that's a bad, the, be a bad choice <laughs> yeah the, the the box office um rotten tomatoes actually is a good example of the split on this movie critics give it 31 percent liked it the audience 76 percent likes hook so that's a pretty huge split box office 119 million in the u.s on a 70 million dollar budget but worldwide 300 million mm-hmm so this was a huge hit worldwide. Yeah. And especially Germany and France each had over 3 million admission. Well, it's it's hard to it's hard for Spielberg to lose money, isn't it? You know, he wants to, if it's a Spielberg film, it's going to be it's probably it's probably going to do well. Um yeah. and one last bit of uh, trivia, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but the the hospital they talk about in that sort of fundraiser type thing that Robin Williams goes to is the Great Ormond Street Children's Hospital. Uh, that's a real hospital. Are you familiar with that? No, probably not. It's yeah. <clears throat> and the relevance relevancy to the to Peter Pan is that um, in 1929, J. M. Barry bequeathed the rights to Peter Pan to the Great Ormond Street uh, Hospital, um, and wow. it's a major source of their funding. All the basically all the all the royalties and. Uh, and the movie rights and what have you is a major source of their funding. And they became, they're now the largest center for research and postgraduate teaching in children's health in Europe. So uh, that was a, a really big deal. I just wanted to say though, we did say, we did say Maggie Smith is the best actress in this movie, but I think, yeah. you know, Robin Williams is still great. Even if in this crappy movie, mm. He's his right, acting yeah. was yeah. good. I think his part was shitty. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I agree. Well, he's well he's well cast in this because he's sort of sort of you know he's good at playing those sort of man child roles, which is what you know he started off with with Mork, who's kind of a man child, isn't he? Because he's mm-hmm. a naive naive alien, Mork from Orc. Yeah, and running running down the list, Bob Hoskins was great, but other than that, like, the, so besides those three actors, everybody else is a crappy crappy actor, and then there's Julie Roberts on the bottom. Oof. Now, Dustin Hoffman is a good actor. He's just he's just play, overplaying it, isn't he? In this, yeah. Mm. Well, and I, he, oh, he does a good do- a good job looking the part and kind of doing all the mannerisms and everything. But he is quite over overacting. Well, to me, he's chewing the scenery, obviously, but he's still I still enjoyed him. My my favorite single scene of the movie, which, which admittedly is stretches on for a bit too long, is when he he begs me. To talk him out of committing suicide. <laughs> yeah, oh, that good. that was a good scene. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm not joking this time, Smee. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Don't let me do it. I'm gonna do it, Smee. Don't let me do it, Smee. Why? What are you telling? Why are you taking so long? I, now the only problem is that that scene literally goes on for I think five to ten minutes. But no, he doesn't. He does I'm not. Pretty sure. No. It it is a very long scene. I bet you five because English they- pounds it does not. Doesn't go on for five minutes. It goes on for like thirty seconds to a minute at the most. <laughs> it might have felt like five minutes. Yeah, I, I'm I'm losing weight and eating bananas. I have no interest <laughs> in your English pounds. And secondly, it it's a pretty long scene. I'm telling you. I bet you a bushel of bananas, and we'll uh, we'll look at it later. Okay, uh, that's enough for uh, on hook. I think. Um, has anyone seen any movies recently? I have seen one. Okay, TB. I watched a movie from 2012 mm-hmm. called Badass, starring Bad Danny ass. Trejo in the role of Badass. Badass. That's not now, Jackass or Superbad. It's Badass. Nope. Okay. It is Badass. 
Danny Trejo plays Frank Vega. Um, this whole movie is based on the premise of the YouTube viral video Epic Beard Man. Do you guys remember that video? No. Epic Beard Man? No. Oh, the one wait where a some old man the, on the bus, that one. Yeah, oh, some old one. man beats up. It's not based on that, Unana. It is. It's not. Did you watch the movie? <laughs> no, I seriously I watched the movie. isn't. Is it? Don't, don't give me give me a break. Here, let me read the synopsis would... real quick. A, Vina- a <clears throat> Vietnam veteran who becomes a local hero after saving a man from attackers on a city bus decides to take action when his best friend is murdered, and the police show little interest in solving the crime. Now, it is based on that video oh. in the first 10 minutes. And I stand corrected. after that first 10 minutes, um, it's his, his adventure afterwards where he becomes a local hero and you know, has to sweep up the town beating up baddies himself because the police aren't going to do it for him. How come I'd never heard of that before then? It's a very, very independent movie. I read an article about Epic Beard Man, and it was, they kind of went and this journalist or whoever, maybe it wasn't a journalist, went and interviewed him. Maybe it was a YouTube video, and they went to see him and where he lived and what have you. And it was kind of a sad story, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Todd, you, you say it's based on that video, but that, vi- that video shows a schizophrenic 60-year-old beating the crap out of a 50-year-old black man. Yes, like it was. It was. <laughs> they, just they, they tweak. They tweak the details in that he's not beating the crap out of some fifty-year-old um, homeless other homeless dude. Um, they tweaked it to where he's now defending some old dude from two skinheads. <laughs> they're they're basically taking the slant of it was for a while. It was misproperly labeled and shown on you know crap like Fox News, but it sounds like they're just taking that as if oh it was true. This man was protecting people on a city bus where. When in actuality, most of the news articles after the fact have pointed out um, this this black man was only telling the white schizophrenic man to shut up after he had been harassing people on the bus for like mm-hmm. half an hour. Right. So, but, yeah, they so they took they took the headline, though, the original headline where he's the hero and they made a movie out of it. <laughs> and instead of being called Epic Beard Man, they just call him badass. Like whenever he's walking around the street. There's like little kids running around. Oh, hey, it's badass. You're you're that badass guy from that video. <laughs> and <laughs> they, there's a lot of a lot of fan service type stuff in here. Like one one lady in the movie is her name is Amber Lamps. If you oh, remember right, from the video, yes. the, you guys say, that, yeah. Hey, somebody call Amber Lamps. Amber Lamps. <laughs> there, oh. So there's a woman in the movie named Amber Lamps. <laughs> and <laughs> like at the <laughs> they did the same thing at the very you know, spoiler alert, this is a movie where, where Danny Trejo beats people up. So when the be- the big bad guy gets beat up at the end, um, he he's lying on the ground. He's saying, oh, somebody call an Amber Lamps. Somebody call Amber Lamps. <laughs> All right. Now, is this any good, this movie? Because it sounds really stupid. It's stupid. Don't watch oh, okay. it. I wasn't but, planning on watching it from the description, however, to be honest. <laughs> however, there's a movie from 2014 called Badass 2. Badass. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. And it stars Danny Trejo in the role of badass. And his partner this time is Danny Glover. Now, does Danny Trejo pick up the phone from his agent and just go, yes? He doesn't even speak to him. I mean, he just does everything. That, that, has, to, that has to be it. He yeah. doesn't even bother speaking to his agent. It's like, uh, yes, I'll do it. Yeah. I want to see him in a period drama piece. I think it's time. Yeah, his time to he he needs his twelve years a slave. Uh, yeah, he could be in Downton Abbey. You never know. Yeah, that that's more of what I was thinking of. I want to see him in a <laughs> in a in a crisp suit. <laughs> All right, I saw uh, one more movie. I saw The Amazing Spider-Man Two. Has anyone see, anyone else seen that? Yes, yes, I saw that on the plane. What do you think of it, John? Uh... The effects were pretty good. They, yeah, I, they I, were. I liked the Amazing Spider. Like when I watched the Amazing Spider-Man, the, the you're talking about the remake of the remake. Um, uh, yeah, the new one, which is kind of the second one with Emma Stone and um, Garfield. Yeah. yeah. So we were Jackie and I got like went into that one real tentative and mm. were won over because I was like, they just did a Spider-Man, which I really didn't like that much. Um, so the you know the new Spider-Man. We were excited about, and I wanted to like this, and 
the acting and stuff was okay, but ugh, I just I couldn't like it. No, it it was really pretty. Like it looked fantastic. The the, the effects, yes, and were, the effects really were good. good. And they yep. did some this amazing work with the uh, you know messing around with 3D stuff was quite nice and all, and all that, but it's so fucking stupid. I mean, it's just a mess. <laughs> it's just a huge dog's dinner of a movie. There's just so much going on. It's like they have like four, 43 different plots and there's just, you know, it's another one, really, one of these really long movies, like two and nearly two and a half hours. And they, they don't have enough time to do service to all the different plots because there's so many. I mean, and then none of them really go anywhere. I mean, it's just horrible. Horrible. The other thing, can, can we please stop, please, with the. I, I want to be with you, but I just can't. Like, that mantra needs to go away forever. Yeah. I mean, this is this is something I don't do normally, and uh, I've done it a couple of times this week, is I fast-forwarded through through those bits. Like, I fast-forwarded through the um, through the relationship parts in Popeye, which was ridiculous. I'm not watching those. And I fast-forwarded through the relationship parts in Spider-Man, because... They were completely superfluous. You could have chopped... I mean, that could have been made it a two-hour movie if you chopped all that crap out. It's totally pointless. Because at the end of the movie... Well, you know, no spoilers, but at the end of the movie, none of that makes any difference anyway. So it was totally useless. I mean, I, I know why they put it in. It's because they want to be able to attract a female audience, so you have to have a bit of a love story in there. But, it, you, you know... All it did was to all it did was to sort of stop the movie dead. And then, you, then you, you know, a few minutes later, you'd have an action scene. Um... So I think I knocked about half an hour off the movie by fast-forwarding through those bits, because I knew it was a bad movie before I started watching it, so I thought, fuck it, I'm just going to skip these bits, so I skipped them. So I don't recommend seeing it, but, I mean, you know, if you're into your action movies, it's actually quite a good action movie if you switch your brain off, because um, the action sequences now, are pretty good, actually. Now, Neil, uh, yay or nay, Emma Stone? Um, Yay. No, I mean, she, I don't think she's that good looking, actually. She's quite sweet in Superbad. And I, I, all I can think of her is in, you know, when I see her on screen, it's like, oh, it's that good girl off Superbad. And I think in real life, she seems really, really nice. But I don't think she's hot. I think she's just sort of girl next door, you know what I mean? Ah. You, you and Todd are just on the side of darkness today. She's not, she's not bad looking. She is a little anorexic, but I, I like her a lot more than Julia Roberts. Oh, she's not bad sure. looking. She's nice. I mean, you know, if, if it was like, you know, if she was your girlfriend, Stephen, I'd be like, "Yay, well done, punching ab- above your weight there, mate." But uh, as she's a- Lindsay Lohan, if she didn't take some yeah, drugs, pr- yeah, pretty oh, much. Oh no, yeah. no, yeah. Lin- Lindsay Lohan is stacked. <laughs> Lohan is- that that's true. <laughs> even even, in, even Mean Girls, <laughs> Mean Girls era, Lindsay Lohan is oh. that was chubby. She was, only, she was only fifteen at that time. <laughs> How, right, so how, SG's completely how, living up to his pervert, <laughs> pervert reputation. How dare you? First off, she was 17, 18. I know because... <laughs> oh, jeez. I, I know because I was... That came out when I was in high school. Uh, Get him a shovel. My goodness. Oh, so this is another situation where she's your same age, so it doesn't matter <laughs> what, what she's in. Mean Girls came out in 2004. I was a college <laughs> sophomore. Look at look at you guys. That's like worse. That's it. worse if you were perving over her when she was fifteen and you were in college. She was eighteen. How dare you? <laughs> what an attack! <laughs> no, please, bo- both of you go go on go on more about the problems of a uh, eighty year old woman <laughs> after she's lost her teeth. Oh, poop yourself! Hey <laughs> <laughs> there, hey there, Peter. Uh, do you want to get sucked out? <laughs> I got my teeth. I got my teeth out. Ah, <laughs> oh. oh, God! Yo, are you afraid of getting sucked out, Peter? My teeth are in a jar, and I can suck you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, think should, I think we should end it there. <laughs> you are losing your shit over there. It's it's heading towards um, it's heading towards kingpin territory. You remember that scene? Those scenes in kingpin. No, I don't think anyone knows what you're talking about. He's the landlady in... Oh, not Kingpin. Dumb, was it Dumb and Dumber or Kingpin? Dumb and Dumber? No, you're Dumb thinking of uh, uh, Chris Farley. What's that movie? No, I'm not. I'm thinking Kung, of... Uh, Kung Fu Hustle. There's a scene where... It's definitely a Farrelly Brothers movie. And it's um, where... I thought it was I thought it was Kingpin, but it might have been Dumb and Dumber. 
where he has to f- has to bang the, the the landlady. Oh, anyway, forget it. Fuck it. <laughs> I saw a little 2001 cinematic classic called "Dude, Where's My Car?" <laughs> Which no, is- that is that is a great movie. <laughs> I always get that confused with Road Trip, but that's not the same movie, is it? Which, well, it's. Mm. Here's the thing about "Dude, Where's My Car." It is over the top stupid, and it really embraces and goes for it. Isn't it? Um, pardon the pun. An Ashton Kutcher vehicle. Yes, it is. Well, him and and Sean William Scott. Oh, uh, I like Sean William Scott actually. He's and, funny. And a little actress known as Jennifer Garner. <laughs> she is. She is also inexplicably in this movie. I think it was one of her first uh, first roles. Mm. Um, but no, the I I enjoy. I legitimately enjoy this movie because it. It knows how really stupid it is, and it just yeah, goes. It, for it. it knows what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot as well. Yeah, Neil, you would hate this movie. Like, no, there's I, no, there's no possible way you would enjoy this. Movie. I've seen it actually. I saw it a while ago, and I can't really remember. But I do like Sean William Scott. Actually, I got a really soft spot for him. He's he's actually got hired into another movie. Um, Jackie Chan. He's doing a Jackie Chan movie at some point. I could see. He he's had it. He was in uh, Bulletproof Monk with Chow Yun Fat. Was he? So he has experience in the, in that arena. Yeah, he's oh, yeah. he's had an un, he's had an underrated uh, underrated little movie career. Role Models was good. I like Role Models. Yeah, American Pie. There's clearly diminishing returns on those movies, but the first the first one when it came out, I enjoyed. Mm. Shannon Elizabeth was real good in that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and the only the only other movie I saw was uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Good mm. flick. Another Bob Hoskins. Yep. So, I don't. I don't really have much to say about that. I think that's. I, I don't know. Is anyone going to claim that's not a pretty solid movie here? It's still. I mean, the effects um, would be better today, but it still holds up, doesn't it? Yeah, I think. I think it's animated in that classic uh, Disney style, which mm. uh, you know, for the most part, does hold up pretty well. So, and, mm. unless it's you know one of those '80s movies where they tried to go cheap, like you know the. The Black Cauldron or uh, Robin Hood looks a little little weird. So, mm. okay, so that's all we have time for this week. Next week's movie is scheduled to be the 2006 art house classic, The Wicker Man, with Nicolas Cage. It's available for rent on a number of different services. My thanks this week go to my co-host Todd Brisket. Neilio, if I'm a maggot burger, then why don't you just eat me? <laughs> and our guests. Jovial John in Virginia. What are you doing with a sword? And flying around? This is an insurance nightmare. <laughs> and Stephen Greenwell in Rhode Island. You need a mother very, very badly. It's nearly time for us to go, but now it's time for a joke. Have you heard about the new pirate movie? It's rated R because of all the booty. Arr. <laughs> <laughs>